Welcome to the Reset Podcast with Kirk Elliott, PhD, where every week we integrate politics, economics, and legislation that will impact your investment portfolios and lives. In doing this, we can reset our expectations so we can invest with wisdom, discernment, and confidence. Sit back, listen, and learn as we go on the journey of navigating through the economic jungle together. Hello, um, this is Priscilla with Great Care, and we are going to get another financial update from Kirk Elliott, PhD, because there are so many things changing in the healthcare system, and it is beginning to look like a storm is really unraveling here. And I don't even know what to do about all this financial stuff. I'm the healthcare um, side of the world. Um, so, uh, Kirk, welcome. It's so great to be with you. And you are right. There is a storm. It's not even brewing. It's upon <laughs> us. I mean, it just really is. So just this week, um, I mean, there's so there's so much stuff that that's coming out. So um, inflation numbers, we'll start with that because that's on the front of everybody's mind right now. So official CPI, the official inflation rate went up to 9.1%. It was eight and a half percent last month. So think, okay, it went up 0.6, right? But but it's we can't look at it like that. We have to look at it as a percentage of growth. So we can kind of trend forward what this might look like six months, a year down the road, right? So so it went up 0.6%, which is the largest increase that we've seen in a long time, right? So, but that was that moved up 7% in one month. So you multiply seven times 12, that would be an 84% growth rate in, in inflation for a 12-month span. So but do some math here, right? Because I like math because I'm, I'm an economist. I'm I'll let you do like the math. math right? <laughs> so if inflation last month was 8.5%, multiply that times 1.84, which would give you a number 12 months from now. We're looking at, if we stay on this trend, 49% inflation a year from now. So, so, and that's actually more in line with what our wallets are telling us, right? Because our wallets will tell us inflation's not 9.1%, not when the price of gas has doubled over the last year, not when the price of wheat, coin, corn, soybeans, groceries, cereal, cars, everything's up like over 50%. How in the world could, could it be only 9.1%? Because it's not. They, they fudge the numbers, right? Mm -hmm. They tell us what they think that so we So you're want. saying the numbers that they're saying are not even accurate? Like they're lying no. about those numbers? They're, they're totally lying about those numbers. And they have been since 1996. Oh. Yeah. Just a few years. Just a few years. But Clint, President Clinton at the time changed the way that they measured inflation. So if we go back to 1983, we'll go back to 83, when if you were to get a mortgage back then, it was 18% on a 30-year mortgage. Inflation was 14.7%. So the way that policymakers tried to slow down that 14.7% inflation is to have interest rates greater than the inflation rate. It's the only way that interest rates will slow down inflation. So in 1996, President Clinton, party of the people, right, decided, <laughs> hey, how can we how can we stick it to people on fixed incomes and and have cost of living adjustments that are tied to official inflation be lower? We want to save government money, right? So, and these are the people that voted for them, right? So, so what they did is they they entered in all kinds of different substitution bias. And I'll give a quick little story here to explain it, because substitution bias means absolutely nothing when you say those two words, right? But 
But the, the consumer price index is a basket of goods. It's 30 things. Could be steak, it could be fish, it could be gas, it could be just representation of, of what we buy, right? So let's say steak. I love steak. One, I love steak. <laughs> but let's just say that steak was one of those items and steak went up 40% that month. Well, the, the BLS, the government's going to say, wait a second, we can't have this much inflation. We're trying to lower the numbers, right? Steak went up 40%. So what, what would they do? They would substitute steak with hamburger. And let's say hamburger was 30% less than steak. What did they say then was the, what did they say inflation was on steak? They would say it went down 30% not up 40 because they changed it for hamburger, right? And hamburger was 30% less expensive. These are why the numbers that we get from the government right now are completely bogus and they mean absolutely nothing. So here's, here's the deal. If you were to use the same metrics, the same algorithm, the same math that they used in 1983, you know, and prior to Clinton changing it, all you have to do is take the official inflation rate, which is 9.1% and multiply it times 2.8. That'll give you the, the, the real number. So that puts us more at 25% inflation rate today is the real number. Why does this matter? Well, because if your investments aren't getting at least 25% a year, you're falling behind every year due to inflation. And our goal is to have our money outlast us, not us outlast our money, right? The only way you can do that is to watch your spending and make sure that your investments are growing faster than inflation. Mm. The only thing that is right now is silver, right? So so, but, but that's, so that's the inflationary mess. Now there's other things happening like in China right now, because we've seen, so I just mentioned silver and the price of gold and silver have come down over the last few weeks. And people are saying, Kirk, you, you keep talking about how it's going to go up. Why did it come down? Well, there's reasons for it. And to me, it's a blessing because we get to buy silver at a lower price because fundamentally the things that cause gold and silver to grow our inflationary pressures, unsustainable debt, political chaos, geopolitical conflict. We've got all of that. Mm -hmm. so, so really, gold and silver should be growing. But why did it shrink? Well, because China is still the world's manufacturing superpower, right? They, can, they produce about 70% of everything we consume. So after COVID, though, and right now, they're being decimated. Their economy is just in shambles. And so their currency came crashing down. Oh. But... But what did that, that do? The banks closing. I heard some, yeah. somebody said there was banks that had closed there and people were basically rioting. They're rioting because the banks shut down. They have no more capital. They're freezing people's accounts. They can't go in and get them. Right. I mean, China's in complete chaos right now. Wow. So so their currency shrunk. The, is the dollar strong? No. But relatively speaking, it's stronger than the Chinese currency right now. So that caused everything coal, steel, wheat, everything to come down across the board since last Friday. But here's how I want to explain why the dollar is not strong. Uh, because we've got inflation, we've got rising interest rates, we've got no people working. There's, there's no strength behind the dollar right now, right? But, but yet it's stronger than, than the Chinese currency. So that's why these things came down temporarily. But to me, I would explain it like this. Let's say you're going out on a date with your husband. And mm -hmm. I'm not talking about you here. I'm talking about your husband. because oh, I really do want to date, though. <laughs> okay. So I'm talking about him because this would not be you because you're a lady. So he's going out on a date with you, and he can't find any clean clothes. So he goes into the laundry pile, and he does the sniff test and says, all right, this one will do, right? 
So, so he picked the cleanest shirt in the dirty laundry to go out on the date with. To me, that's the dollar right now. It's the cleanest shirt in the dirty laundry pile <laughs> of all the currencies. It's not that it's strong. It's not that it's good, but it looks a little bit better than the one that's just being ravaged, right? So, so to me, this is why it, this is the buying opportunity of, of a lifetime to go into silver right now at these temporarily discounted prices. But there's one even bigger thing than that that we, we have to address that came out this week. So, so we've been talking a lot about a gold-backed currency and how we're moving to a currency that needs some kind of backing because it's lost all sense of, of reality and nobody trusts it anymore. So in 1971, Nixon closed the gold window. So you couldn't use gold or silver for international settlements anymore. He closed it. Why did he close it? And I know I'm giving people a little history lesson here, but I'm a nerd when it comes to that. So, <laughs> so, and cause people blame Nixon for all the, all the inflation that we've got right now because he closed that gold window and now money creation doesn't have to have any kind of tangible backing whatsoever. Right. Okay. Well, he did it for a reason because we owed France a bunch of money. France said, Hey America, we want payment in gold, not your stinking U S dollar. And Nixon said, eh, no, we're, we, want, we want to pay you in the stinky U.S. dollar because we're keeping our gold. So what did he do? He shut the gold window so you couldn't pay people in gold anymore, other countries. So that's why he did it. But it does. every choice we make has an unintended consequence. That consequence was now we've got this massive inflation. But I would have done the same thing that he did, right? So fast forward to last week, July 6th. Mm -hmm. The House actually took back what, what Nixon did, in a sense. So so when we're talking like about gold, gold back, like the gold standard that I've been hearing, like a little that. bit. Yeah. So this is really interesting. So so when we're talking about a gold backed currency, by law, it couldn't have been used because Nixon closed. You can't use gold for international settlement. What do you use for international settlement currency? That's how we pay all of our bills. So if gold was not allowed to pay international transactions, and it's backing the currency, which you use, technically, it's not allowed. You couldn't have it, even though this is everything we've been talking about. So on July 6th, the House went into the U.S. Code, which is our, our laws, right? So mm -hmm. 12 U.S.C., Section 95A to 95B, they didn't change the language. They eliminated it. They just deleted those two sections. Well, what did those sections say? Here's the language says, which related to regulation of transactions in foreign exchange of gold and silver property transfers, vested interest, enforcement and penalties. It was omitted. So what did they just do? They said, okay, now gold and silver can be used for international transactions. Wow. They just paved the way for a gold-backed currency. So they now, just like deleted it. They just deleted it. I mean, and you can go to uscode.house.gov and look up what they did. Now, a lot of times when, when these these rules are changed. It goes into effect at some, you know, future date way down the road. This one took effect July 10th. So wow. four days ago, right? So, so they did it on the 6th and it took place immediately, but why? I mean, I can't get into the hearts and minds of Congress, right? When they do things, I don't know. <laughs> there is some twisted people there. <laughs> there is. So I don't know why they did it, except I can speculate just a smidge. And that is because the BRICS nations um, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and now Saudi Arabia has entered into that whole fold. They basically have backing of gold to their to their currency because 
South Africa is the largest miner of gold in the world. China has the most reserves of gold in the world. Russia actually did back their currency, the ruble, with gold. Yeah. And so for all intents and purposes, they, they do that. Now, now, Saudi Arabia, which just is entering into the BRICS kind of consortium, they said, no more are we going to use the U.S. dollar for oil. So they got rid of the petrodollar, right? So, so they've got this power block. And, and really, how in the world is an American, could I say, the stinking communist Russia's ruble is stronger than the U.S. dollar? Well, because it is, because it has gold backing to it. So I think as, as we start to move on here and people are losing hope and they're losing um, trust in the government and in the banks, I think what they just did was a prelude to what's coming because they paved the way to have a gold-backed currency. So what so is that? This is good news. I mean, this, this sounds is, like good news to me. It's huge news because anybody who owns gold and silver, once this time comes, if you own the backing of a currency before it backs the currency, it'll be like perpetual wealth moving forward, right? It'll be- So, so can people start like, I mean, I'm guessing silver was something that was really- you know, good, but so is gold now too? It's both? I wouldn't do gold yet. Okay. I would still do silver because silver's outperforming gold. And by the time some of this stuff happens, silver's move will probably be done. We can lock in profits in silver because it's outperforming gold. It's growing faster. And when we do that, we can actually get more gold then than what we could have purchased today, like what we've talked about before, right? So, so I would go 100% into silver right now, because down the road, if we leverage silver, we can get more ounces of gold down the road than what we could have purchased today. That's what we're, why we're going into silver. With everything that's happening politically, geopolitically, China's banking system falling apart, inflation going through the roof. Oh, my word. There's a lot going on. And, and then you add to that social things that are happening, right? So, so the demographics of people coming across the border in Mexico used to be families, Right. It used to be people looking for political mm -hmm. asylum, looking for hope, looking for a new life. Right. Yeah. Well, over the last six weeks or so, people from from DHS and so forth have been talking about the demographic shift. And it's now mostly military age young men in their wow. 20s and 30s. Right. No more families. The families aren't really coming across. So they're starting to come across the border. And what's weird about this is we might have chaos right underneath our nose. We don't know who these people are except they're military age men, right? But what's happened over the last week? Um, natural gas facilities in Oklahoma and Texas blown up, right? Which changes the supply chain. That's going to cause even more inflation in fuel prices. And you're starting to see um, elements of probably nefarious reasons coming across the border. It's not families. It's not sweet, precious families looking for a, a new home and looking for a life, right? These are potentially nefarious agents, right? Yeah. By agents, I mean people that are, that are military age, young men across the board coming through. And now we're starting to see conflict. We've seen food distribution hubs being blown up. It's like, what's going on? It what is are, chaos. chaos. It is chaos. And so the reason I bring that up is because I don't know about any of the political things of, of that, right? But what I do see from a financial perspective is chaos. Markets don't like chaos. Markets don't like change, which is why I bring that up. I didn't bring it up to make a political statement. I brought it up to make a markets financial statement mm -hmm. that markets don't like chaos. And when we start seeing some of this stuff, the stock market, the bond market, they're going to come crashing down even more. But these are the kind of things that propel gold and silver forward. 
So with everything that's happening, I would encourage all of the viewers of the show, buy as much silver as you can. Give our office a call. We'll help you navigate through it to get you in the right place at the right time. And what, what's that number that they can either call? And, and I'll put the link to um, the direct website um, because Great Care, we are supporting you guys. Actually, my husband and I are going to be meeting with you soon because we have a couple more things we need to figure out for our yeah. own financial because yeah. I, I'm concerned. And I mean, you look at it from a financial in, um, aspect, but when I think about lots of people coming across the borders and all of these food issues and formula issues, I'm looking at it from a healthcare perspective of advocating for people. And I'm extremely concerned because when we have phone calls and people are like, do I spend money on my medications? Do I spend money going to my follow-up visit? I'm really tight. What can I do? And, and it's hitting people's pockets you know, from a healthcare perspective, because there's so much inflation with the healthcare costs right now, it's out of yeah. control. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm really concerned. So for, for me and all the viewers that, that follow grave care, I would definitely say, reach out to Kirk and just, you know, he's giving free consults to go over your financial information and you can ask any questions. And that's what I like about you know, advocating for people. So Kirk, you're advocating for everybody I know. And um, I'm really excited and blessed to know you because this is the stuff that, I mean, people need some type of money to, to survive. Yeah. So I, I'm really worried about the current economic status. So I'm looking forward to, you know, working out a few more things on what we personally need to do for um, my family. Amen. We'll help out with that and we'll help out anybody that calls. So give our office a call 720-605-3900 at 720-605-3900 and just say you came from Grace, right? And, and we'll help you out. We'll get you squared away and get you out of the path of this hurricane. That's right. And we'll continue to um, connect on some of these updates because I have a feeling um, maybe more good news is coming because it sounded at least like we had a little bit of good news, even though there's chaos and explosions <laughs> and, uh, you know, crazy stuff happening overseas. But I want to keep a really positive mind because that's what we need. We need hope. And I'm, I'm hopeful um, with what you're doing. And um, I guess we'll just reconnect with another update in a week or two. Sound good? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's sounds good. It. Thank you. Alrighty. You bet. Right, Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. Every week, our goal is to increase your knowledge and help melt away any financial anxiety and stress that causes inaction. In any economy and with any presidential administration, there are things we can do to thrive and not just survive. Thanks for going on this journey with us. We look forward to our next time together on the next installment of Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. If you have any questions, call us at 720-605-3900 or simply email us at info at kirkelliotphd.com.